Welcome back to this week's episode of Uncap It. My name's Kennedy and I'm here with Haley. And today we're going to be talking about attorneys, the legal field, and just law school in general. This topic is very prevalent for Haley and I because we do both want to be attorneys in our future and are hoping to attend law school within the next couple years. Yeah, so I think first we should just talk about why we're interested in law school and why we want to be attorneys. I don't know, do you want to start with that? Sure. So law school was not in the plans for me when I was younger. It was a more high school decision that I wanted to become a lawyer and go into law school. I originally wanted to be an astronaut, but found out I did not like science as much as I did. I was always super interested in history and like social studies. And that really led me into thinking about, well, what can I do in college that is based in like history and government? And I got super obsessed with true crime podcasts and TV shows and 2020 and Criminal Minds and all of that stuff. And that was what really sparked my interest in the legal field in general. At that point, I didn't really know if I wanted to be a lawyer or like a detective or an investigator. I wasn't sure because I was really just interested in like the true crime part of it all. Yeah, that makes sense. But then I started looking into colleges and decided that political science would be a good start for law school. And I talked to Dr. Alexander here, and he explained to me how poli-sci can help lead right into law school. And the more that I have immersed myself into talking with attorneys and meeting working lawyers, I have really discovered that I think it will be a good career path for me because... Not only is it giving me that true crime fix that I always wanted, but I also see the benefit in being able to help people and change the world almost. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So like you, I also really liked history in high school. I liked history and English. Those were my two favorite subjects. Yeah, I loved reading. (laughs) Right, yeah. So I think that'll help us a lot in law school because I feel like all we do is read. And it's it's all history. Yeah. So hopefully that will... um, spark our interest again but I read a book my junior year in AP language and it was called Just Mercy and that was after reading that book that's when I knew that this is what I wanted to do so initially I was like I'm gonna be a graphic design major oh yeah <laughs> but as I got older I was like mm, I don't really know what I want to do with that graphic design seems more of like a hobby like uh-huh. that kind of stuff and my parents were always telling me I should be a lawyer I was like, absolutely not. I will (laughs) never be a lawyer. And then, you know, fast forward and I've taken the LSAT and planning to go to law school. So got one more year. Yeah. Parents have a weird sense of knowing what their kids are going to do, because literally when I was born and my mom named me Kennedy at the time, it was not a very popular name and it was not very common. And people were like, why are you naming your daughter Kennedy? And she literally said, like, I think it'll be a strong Supreme Court justice name one day. I remember you telling me that. That is so freaky. And right now it's not in the plans for me to be a Supreme Court justice. But but you never know. (laughs) You never know. It's mean, it's on the lawyer path. Exactly. You are on the path. It's possible the path you're taking. So (laughs) that's so funny. Yeah, my parents just said I was really good at arguing, so I should be an attorney. And I was like, that is not a good enough reason to be an attorney, but I guess it worked out. Yeah. (laughs) So you just said you just took the LSAT. I did. So... First off, I think we need to make sure everyone knows what the LSAT is. So if you could just tell us what it is and then how it went. Yeah, so the LSAT stands for Law School Admissions Test, and it is one of the biggest factors that 
gets you into law school, essentially. So they basically, they consider your GPA and your LSAT score. Yeah. That's what I've been told that 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 is taken into consideration. TK, one of our professors, says there's five things that they take into consideration, and four of them are your LSAT, and the fifth is your GPA. So it definitely is a big thing that's very important to getting into law school, and it's this like three-hour-long test. Roughly, I think it's like four sections, and your score on that basically determines what law schools you get into. Yeah, it's very stressful. It's like the ACT... Times 10. Times 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was rough, but I don't know. There were parts of it that I enjoyed, but I'm glad it's over for sure. Yeah, it's just a good baseline for law schools with their acceptance rates. So each law school accepts different numbers on the LSAT. Some schools accept above 150 and other schools accept above 170. So it really just depends on what you're looking for and what school you want to attend how important the LSAT is to your success there. Yeah, and the scores range from a 120 to a 180. So a 170 is very, very high. Yes. That's like your top tier. Harvard level right there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so since that was such a big test, I think it's something that people study a very long time for. There's a lot of fear around the LSAT. There is. Would you say it's not as bad as you thought it would be? Or no, it was. I think if you prepare well for it, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. It's definitely strenuous on your brain. Like, I wanted to take a nap as soon (laughs) as I got done with it. But I also took it at 8 in the morning, and I stared at a screen for, like, 3 or 4 hours. Right, you took yours virtually, which is not the common practice of taking the LSAT. Right, but with COVID, they have it online. And it sounds like they might be considering making an online option, like, for the rest of like the years to come. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. It was convenient, like not having to go and Somewhere go into a testing in, yeah. center. Yeah, because testing centers just make, make me anxious. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely nice being in a place that I was comfortable taking it. But that being said, I was so nervous that my test was going to get flagged for something yeah. because you can't have anything on the walls. You can't look away from the screen. I slouched and someone came on the screen. I was like, mm, set up. You're not in the frame. <laughs> It's like, I'm so sorry. I'm sure they're correcting your posture. (laughs) Right. So it has its perks for sure. But overall, not too terrible of a test. I'm definitely glad it's over with. I've considered taking it again. I don't think I'm going to. (laughs) But just because I don't want to study again. I feel like a lot of people that take it a second time is because they didn't study a second time. Mm -hmm. So, Speaking of the LSAT and getting into law school and all of that fun stuff, I know Haley and I have definitely heard our fair share of horror stories or funny stories or advice that we have been given from people who have either attended law school or advising us on how to attend law school, like our academic advisors here on campus. And for me personally, the best advice I think I have been given about law school has been the location of your law school, how important that is. Yeah. And that was something I never thought about prior to like getting ready to apply because my academic advisors have kind of brought into the idea that it's really important to go to law school almost where you want to practice because you're right. able to make so many connections at that law school with lawyers in that area. So it's a really great way if you go to law school in the area you're thinking about living, that way you can have connections that could get you that first job. Right, and I think it's especially important because usually the internship you have your third year of law school is the place that you get hired as soon as you graduate. Yeah, 
And also, more importantly, just like the general state that you live in is important if you want to practice law because you learn the law of the state that you're going to practice in. But one thing that's nice is the universal bar exam. Right. It's starting to change where you could take the bar and have it apply to multiple states. Exactly. Which I think is nice because I don't know about you, but I don't know if I want to live in the same state I don't know where I want to live. Right. I don't even know where I want to live, let alone if I want to live there for my entire life. So that's definitely a very good thing that's being developed. One thing that I have always been told, so I have my friend Taylor, she just graduated, and she just passed the bar, so shout out to Taylor. Taylor. I know. But she is always telling me that if you work hard, you'll be just fine. I think a lot of the things that people assume when they get to law school is it's the students that never really had to work super hard. They were just naturally smart. Uh Uh-huh. So if you put in the work, she's always telling me, like, if I can do it, you can do it. And she's like, and you put in the work and you're determined and you're independent and you'll be just fine. So I think people hype it up to be a lot worse than it is. I agree. I do think it's going to be hard. Oh, for sure. It probably is the toughest three years of schooling. But I really think it's about being, like, self-motivated. Yes. If you can motivate yourself to start that reading assignment or start the paper or, like, do the case brief, Mm -hmm. then you'll be successful. It's just hard going from undergrad to graduate school like that because there's such a shift in course load. Yeah, I agree. And another thing I've been told is you can't have FOMO. I have it bad. I know you do. I don't. So I think I'll be fine in that aspect, but I know you like to have fun and not feel like you're missing out on the weekends. And I know a lot of law students – They sit in their rooms or in the library every weekend. In case you guys didn't know, FOMO is fear of missing out, and I do suffer from it. I do, (laughs) when I see other people doing fun things, hanging out with their friends, I do want to join. So that'll be tough, but we'll get through it. Yeah, we got it. We only have, I have one more year, and then I'll have a year under my belt, so I can just guide you right through it. Yeah, (laughs) Haley will enter law school a year before me. Because I picked up another major in undergrad, so I'll be here for four years instead of three. Yeah. Like the original plan. Yeah. Well, do you have any funny stories you've heard from any professors or your friends that are in law school about some funny things happening in law school? Because I definitely know there's a ton. Yeah, there are so many funny stories that I've heard, or just like, I don't even know how to describe them. Not even just, I think they were like terrifying in the beginning, or like horror stories. Horror stories that they laugh about now. Yeah. I think some of our best and funniest stories come from our mock trial instructor, Shelby. So the one that sticks out to me is her and her best friend in law school, Bailey, showed up to class one day and they hadn't done the reading. And the professor knew that they hadn't done the reading. (laughs) So obviously he called on them. And between the two of them, they were just like going back and forth, like flipping through. And I remember her telling us that, like, everyone in the class was just, like, Like throwing them notes. Yeah, like, okay, this is so this one, this... So, I mean, I guess that's a good testament to, like, law school makes you, like, a family unit. Like, everyone was there to help them out. You get real bonded in law school because you're all toughing it together. Exactly. So that was pretty funny. Just, like, the... And I think it's the way she told it. And just knowing stories about Bailey just made (laughs) it even better. Another really funny one that Shelby has told us during our mock trial classes is when one of her classmates in law school either didn't do the reading or didn't answer the question the professor wanted and her law school professor literally stopped class and was just 
banging his head on the board. <laughs> yeah, he just walked away and started to bang his head on the chalkboard or like the wall or something. And that just showed you, law school could be a little traumatic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, at least he didn't get yelled at. Yeah. He just walked away. That's great. Haley and I have talked a lot about ourselves today and why we want to go to law school and what we've heard from other people about law school in general. So today for our guest, we've decided to bring in two practicing attorneys with us today. We have Matt Wiseman and Gina Grandilla with us today. Uh, Matt Wiseman is an ONU grad, and he graduated with a double major in history and political science. After graduating from Ohio Northern in 2011, he attended the University of Cincinnati Taft College of Law. Since finishing law school, he has pursued several careers in public service, and he has practiced throughout the Southwest Ohio region. And we also have with us today Gina. She also graduated from Ohio Northern in 2016 with a bachelor's degree in political science. And then she received her JD from the University of Dayton of Law School in 2019. And she has since been making her mark through participating in the legal system, government, and public affairs. So thank you guys both so much for being with us today. Do you want to just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what made you interested in your career as an attorney? Sure. Yeah, I, like you said, I went to University of Cincinnati College of Law. I was uh, interested in pursuing a, a career helping small businesses. Um, so that's what I, I went to law school um, hoping to do and didn't exactly <laughs> do that right away. Um, I ended up in a prosecutor's office and then a public defender's office uh, before finding my way into private practice where I'm, I'm working with small businesses now. Kind of similarly, I really didn't expect to be doing the kind of law that I'm doing now, but uh, my practice has really turned mostly criminal, um, criminal defense, and a lot of the bulk of that is public defense, as in court-appointed cases, helping indigent um, individuals in the community, and then I like to stay involved in politics, local government, um, so that's that's kind of where my ONU education was fostered mm-hmm. yeah. in service to the community and using my law degree for the good. Right. Uh, you guys both mentioned that you're not where you thought you would be when you initially considered practicing law, so what did you guys think that you would practice when you first went into this? Yeah, like I said, I, uh, I was hoping to uh, work with small businesses, formation, uh, contract drafting, and uh, contract disputes and things like that. Uh, when I graduated, there weren't a lot of jobs out there for the right for the picking, so I found my way into a prosecutor's office that actually gave me really good background in, in what I'm doing now. I'm really happy for the opportunity, and, and like you, <laughs> I'm still doing a bunch of criminal practice that I didn't expect to do. What about you? Yeah, and I really think um, not many people go into law school knowing exactly what they do. Um, I think with how hot true crime is and, um, you know, law and order, a lot of people think they want to go the criminal route. I was never um, one of those people. I thought that I'd be in an office drafting contract somewhere, but once I really got that courtroom experience, it was was addicting for me, and I, I love it, so... I like to keep my practice general, but definitely did not think I'd be where I am today. I'm definitely one of those true crime people (laughs) that want to practice criminal law, but I'm very open because I do realize you do change your mind a lot in law school. Yeah, we've heard a lot from attorneys that no one seems to stay 
in what they initially intended to study. So it'll be interesting to see where Kennedy and I end up <laughs> considering what we want to study right now. So over your time being a lawyer, what would you say the hardest obstacle was that you had to overcome as a lawyer? I think you really need to trust yourself. You got to fake it till you make it, basically. <laughs> uh, there's always a mock trial story of someone standing up and saying, objection, battering the witness, um, <laughs> which, you know, he got his objection sustained, but it's really badgering the witness. But he said it with conviction, so he was fine. I think you have to remember that everyone has the same degree as you, regardless of experience level. Everyone is kind of coming from the same place of just zealous representation for your client. So you got to have a lot of conviction. You got to be confident in in your argument and you need to be able to stand up for yourself because that's what you're there to do for your client. So self-confidence is key in the courtroom. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. Uh, imposter syndrome uh, follows us all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, I think, if you're in practice for one year or 30 years. Um, I think there are certain things that you, you kind of doubt yourself because you're intelligent enough after all that schooling to know that there's things that you should be doing and things like that. So I've chosen to try as often as I can to take that feeling and realize that there's a heck of a lot of things that I know that got me to that point of worry. <laughs> um, so that's that's the one thing, and I, I think that the other thing you, you pointed out is, is directly on point, right? You you gotta be willing to stand up for your client, um, and that's one of the tough things. You know, somebody who I, I don't know that I'm a terribly con- uh, confrontational person. Uh, people frequently say, "Oh, you like to argue." You right. Law school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an arguer in general life. I don't <laughs> like arguing with people. Um, in a courtroom, it's different, though. I, I'm more than happy to argue a point in the courtroom because it's somebody else's life on the line, somebody else's money on the line, somebody else's business on the line. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like I'm non-confrontational in real life. But then the second we get to mock trial, because me and Haley are both involved in mock trial, I I get very heated. You, yeah, I was going to say, you completely change into a different person. So. Before you guys obviously got to practice law, you had to go through law school, which is made out to be this big, terrifying experience. So what's one thing that no one told you before law school that you wish that you knew? I think the the one thing that, and people probably said it to me, and I just didn't take it to heart, <laughs> was, was that you have to take it seriously, um, that you have to treat it almost like a job. So even if you're not out in the workforce before you start law school, the the amount of work is, or the type of work isn't much different than what you're going to be doing in college, but it is the volume of it, right? Instead of reading, you know, a 20-page assignment for a class um, that's a week away or something, the next day you have to have 100 pages read, and you have to fully brief this, uh, these cases that are involved in that. And, you know, if you wait till 10 o'clock to start that assignment, 10 o'clock at night to start that assignment, then it's going to be really difficult. If you get out of class at 3.30 and you get right to work on it and you work on it a little bit and you get your dinner and then you work on it after dinner, it's no problem. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that I, like I said, I think people told me that and I <laughs> probably just didn't take it to heart enough, but it really helped out as you went on through law school. Like, just get this done when you're supposed to do it. Right? Yeah, I feel like that's a big thing for college kids going straight into law school because a lot of us, I feel like, learn that we can push off our work yeah. until la- later last minute and Absolutely. law school is pretty on top of it. <laughs> yeah, I say, but it also sounds like it's one thing that you kind of just have to train yourself for. Like like you said, someone probably said something to you and you just didn't take it to heart because you're probably like, okay, well, how bad can it really be? So right. definitely sounds like something you kind of just have to experience and hope for the best <laughs> and hope you learn your lesson before it's too late. Definitely. So Gina, what do you wish you would have known? I think, well, and again, I, you always hear horror stories about law school. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes. 
And I think that is just part of the nature of the profession. It's a competitive profession. So everyone wants to think that you're going to run the gauntlet, but nobody's there making sure you do the reading the night before. I don't think, and, and Matt and I were kind of touching on this earlier, but I don't think that law school really teaches you to be an attorney. That's why they call it practicing law. I'm learning things every day, and I'm, and I know Matt has a lot more experience than I do, but I'm sure he's still learning every day. So take law school seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously <laughs> because you got to be humble. You'll you'll learn a lot, and some of them will be hard lessons, but you'll you'll be better for it professionally. I know both of you have been talking about those horror stories from law school, so we're wondering if you guys have any funny stories or horror stories, whatever whatever way you want to go with it that you have from your experience in law school? One that still makes me laugh to this day is um, I was in a, a ethics class. And, and so you're learning about what the model ethical rules are and um, all the things you can and cannot do as, a, as an attorney. And this class was taught by a, uh, a former, I believe, state appellate judge. She'd retired. Uh, she was a, a very intimidating woman. She was incredibly intelligent, but but very much uh, a practice, practitioner of the Socratic method. It mm-hmm. was question, answer, question, answer, right? And uh, the one day, one of the guys in my class, she asked, uh, basically there's a, uh, a formula, I think it's for calculating reasonable fees maybe or something is what we were talking about. And she basically put a little math problem on the board and she said to one of the, my classmates, she says, Mr. Dean, uh, what did you get for the answer? And uh, he just said, Completely nonchalantly, oh, I didn't read that. And everybody in the classroom gasped. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) It was the first time I'd experienced that. Um, Like I said, in other classes, like some people would say like, oh, I didn't get to the reading or like they try to stumble through an answer. He just said, I didn't do it. And I didn't know that was an option for a response. (laughs) It turned out it wasn't an option for a response. He got a bit of a talking to after class. But (laughs) I remember that. Um, He he was brave for that. Yeah. Yeah. Brave. (laughs) Well, that's one word for it. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm... In a legal history class on the very first day that we had real reading, the kid that was cold called after me made me look really good when he said, <laughs> yeah, I didn't do the reading. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Something that stuck with me through law school, the, the very first case I ever had in a law school class was Pearson v. Post in property, which has a lot of nuances to it. But generally, it's discussing what is considered your property and there's a a fox chase and two two people are going after a fox um they're hunting and that's kind of common law where we get real property law from today and the phrase used in pearson v post is the saucy intruder um (laughs) the saucy intruder kind of became a little an inside joke yeah yeah and it's something that you got called when you weren't doing what you were supposed to do so yeah the saucy intruder bring that one out on your right. first day of law school they'll I, love that okay. yeah, we'll look prepared if yes yeah, for sure like, yeah we know our stuff <laughs> we already know the saucy intruder don't even yes, worry, don't exactly. worry about it. so those are some great stories and kennedy and i hopefully we'll have some of our own someday hopefully but we have one more question for you guys and it's a segment on every episode it's called factor cap so we will ask you a question, and if you agree with the statement or the question, you'll say fact, and if you think it's false, you'll say cap. So it's like Gen Z, true or false. <laughs> um, so our statement is, when taking a case to court, there's always a jury trial. Fact or cap? 
Cap. Cap. <laughs> More cap now than ever, apparently, as well. I've had a couple jury trials. I've had a couple that got really close to jury trials, and they've settled the day before. If you judges favor people who can really figure it out among themselves, and if that's an option, then they're always going to encourage mediation. So, yeah, definitely can. Yeah, um, and, and I think that you've got – that's one part of it. Judges certainly um, try to, you know, ethically – I think there's some questions on this, but sometimes they try to act as mediators – um, the other thing we deal with, um, certainly in the criminal realm, is basically punishment versus the reward of a trial. Mm-hmm. Right? Is if you know if, if you are facing days, months, years in uh, a jail cell, if you're convicted at a trial, um, sometimes there are you know eleventh hour <laughs> deals struck that you know keep somebody you know out of prison or out of jail or gets them significantly less time. So those those penalty provisions in the Ohio Revised Code. Um, and, and federally as well, um, really encourage plea negotiations. And, uh, and you know, just generally, you know, jury verdicts going uh, the way of, like, the prosecution or in civil cases, we have so much more data on it now. We can do analytics to determine what the likelihood uh, of a certain judge or a certain jury pool is going to, you know, come out with. Um, and so that really lends toward, toward more uh, negotiated settlements. Yeah, I feel like plea deals are definitely becoming more and more frequent and less jury trials. It's not all like law and order. I was going to say, yeah, I think it's, it's the misconception. Well, those are all the questions we have for you guys today. And we just want to thank you guys both so much for coming in and talking to everyone on our podcast. And if you guys don't have anything else to add, then I think we're all good. Thank you so much for yeah, coming. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for guys. having us. Yeah, yeah, go polar bears. Yes, right. go bears. <laughs> All right, Haley. So now if you'll just give us a little pup date on sport. I know that he's back home with you now, so I'm sure there's lots of interesting stuff you could talk about. Yeah, sport is actually live and with me right now, but he's currently taking a nap. So he's not quite paying attention to his little feature in our podcast. (laughs) But sport has had an eventful two weeks back home with me. He got to go to my mom's school and meet some elementary kids. And I'm sure I've said on here before that he loves kids. So that was super fun for him. He also got to show them Nuzzle, which is a new trick that he's learning. Ooh. And he's gotten to go to a lot of softball games because my younger sister plays softball. And his favorite toy is a bright greenish yellow ball. So you can see where that poses an issue because softballs are big green slash yellow balls. So he thinks that the softball is his toy, but he got better as the season went on. So hopefully he'll get to go to more softball games this summer. But yeah, that's a little bit about sports first two weeks home. I'm sure we'll have some more updates with the rest of the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Uncap It. We hope you guys enjoyed hearing about Kennedy and I's hopes for law school and practicing law and hearing from two attorneys themselves. If you did, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast and check out our social medias. Our TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter are ONU underscore ICAP with two Ps. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.